The average life expectancy in the U.S. is 79 years. Now, you've lived a certain number of years so far, so take that number, your current age, and subtract it from 79. Now, doing the simple math, the number that you have come up with is what you've got left. Now, let's say your current age is 35. That would mean you have 44 years left. Now, who do you want to spend the most time with for the next 44 years? And if you flip it, what relationships would you miss most if they vanished from your life right now? It might feel strange to think about lifespan and relationships, but I think it helps highlight where we place value and possibly areas that need tweaking because of where we should be placing value. So what relationships and people come to mind? Your kids, your parents, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, a lifelong friend, your editor, your caddy, your IT person? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this episode is about a relationship that should claim a spot on your list of most important. And there's a good chance you didn't name it already. Today's conversation, we're welcoming back John Nelson and tackling the topic of mentorship. Now, this was a joy for me because John is my mentor, and also because I learned several things during our conversation. Now, this episode itself is dripping with practical takeaways, so if you're exercising or driving, you'll want to revisit this to grab some notes. If you haven't yet, I encourage you to go back and check out John's first appearance on the podcast way back in episode 15, where we covered servant leadership. Okay, here we go. Let's jump into it. John giving us a working definition for mentorship. Well, I think mentorship takes a lot of different forms in a lot of different ways. But as I think about it, to give you something really, I would say, concise, I would say it's a learning relationship. Okay. Now, oftentimes we think about the mentee being the one that's getting all the learning and all the information and all the insight and wisdom. But really, what I've discovered, and I've been a part of a mentoring relationship for a a long time, I would say as a mentee first for probably four decades at least. Wow, okay. And then maybe the last 25 years or so more as a mentor. But I've learned that you can learn just as much being the mentor Hmm. if you're paying attention. That's good. So it's a learning relationship, and it's usually an agreement that somebody has with someone else because they want to learn and they want to reach their potential. And And I would say even mentoring helps you to go past your potential to places that you could never go on your own. That's the idea behind it. In preparation for this podcast today, I decided to do a little research on yeah. the word mentor. I don't know if you've done anything on that or not. (laughs) No, I'm waiting for you to. (laughs) Well, the thing that popped up, which was surprising to me and interesting to me, even though I've been real involved in it for a long time, and and I love it, I love everything about it, was that the word mentor that we use finds its roots in Greek literature. Okay. In the Odyssey. And the king in the Odyssey was going to be gone, going off to war. So he had a trusted friend that he wanted his son to learn from and be educated and trained Mm -hmm. from. And guess what that trusted friend's name was? Mentor. Wow. That was his name. Okay. And so we've picked up this idea that a mentor is someone that's involved in the education, the training, 
you know, we could call it different things. We can call him the coach. We can call him the teacher, mm-hmm. uh, the rabbi, whatever it might be. And the other person's a disciple, uh, student, athlete, like I work with at, at the high school, or a mentee. You can go back centuries, really, if you start to think about this. So almost the very beginning of how people would learn, how they would pass on uh, wisdom and skills from the previous generation. And it normally would be through either an apprentice situation or a mentoring situation. And that's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, Growing up on the farm, very much I experienced that from my dad. Mm -hmm. Not only Mm -hmm. like how to farm and what to do and how you have to prepare the soil and plant the seeds and do all that. But then also he showed me how to be a man, how to be a responsible man, how to be a godly husband and father. And he modeled that for me. So he was my very first mentor. Now, I would say that relationship was more organic. I think that was just part of who he was. Right. It was natural for him to do that with me and my brother and, and my sisters too. And so uh, I, I did that for a long time. And looking back now, I realized the profound impact that that had on my life and shaped who I really am. And, you know, I quote him often. Yeah, he did just before we started just recording. before we started, you know, he, he had some great sayings that I would use. And they still, here I am almost 68 years old, I'm still quoting my dad. Mm-hmm. So mentoring is a wonderful, wonderful idea. And it's just really how you can move uh, from one stage to the next stage in your life. So you, you've touched on it, but I want to ask it anyway. So who specifically, who would you recommend have a mentor and, and, and why? I would say that anyone who wants to reach their potential, or like I said earlier, even maybe go past mm-hmm what they could normally do, even in their gifts and the graces that God has given them, would want a mentor in their life. Often, when you're younger, you don't really think about it until maybe after the fact and go like, wow, that person was my mentor. Mm -hmm. But as you get older, and and if you're mature in how you look at things, and and you maybe you're practicing habit number two from Stephen Covey, beginning with the end in mind, that you're looking ahead and saying, okay, here's where I would like to end up. How am I going to get there? And you're going to want somebody in your life speaking into your life. So I'd say, who is it for? Pretty much everybody. Yeah. Unless you've just decided, yeah, I like things the way they are. I don't really, I'm not going to work too hard. I'm not going to, I don't really, not interested in, in being my best. And so I'm going to mm-hmm. push in the clutch and let it roll. I was just going to say to quote your dad, <laughs> just push in the clutch. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say, and you know what? It takes on, like we, we talked about, like a carpenter or a, you know, electrician or a plumber, Mm -hmm. they're going to be an apprentice. There's going to be an apprenticeship and they're going to learn. They need to learn the technical part of it. You know, uh, you know, canoeing the mountains, Mm -hmm. he talked about technical competence. You you need to know how to do certain things. Yes. Like there's a lot of things that have to do with technology that I don't know that I could learn from you. Sure. But then there's the other component and that is life and how you're doing life Mm -hmm. and how you make decisions. How do you balance your schedule? Um, how do you control your emotions? Mm-hmm. All those different things. Now, that's something a little different than the technical part of it. That gets into more of your values and your personality and mm-hmm. how you focus in life. Yeah. So learning relationship, That's f- and who's it for? Basically everybody. Yeah, it's right? for pretty much everybody that wants to you know, be all that they can be in so, business, in, in education, whatever the field may be. So we've got the working definition. We've got who it's for. So it's applicable for all of us. So now... Uh, I would love uh, to have you break down more granularly, I suppose, 
the roles of each person in the mentor, mentee, or insert uh, terminology here, uh, that relationship, you know, in your experience, what should be expected from each person? When you look at it, at really the core of, is this really going to work or not? Mm -hmm. And how would it work best? Seems to me that you'll find at the very core of this humility on both parts, the mentor and the mentee. The mentee is basically saying, I've got a lot to learn. Yeah. And I'm going to come to the table with an open heart and an open mind and recognizing that that this person I've invited into my life, if that's what it is, you've officially invited someone to come and and be your mentor, that uh, they know stuff that I don't know about different things. Maybe it's it's being a great dad, a great um, a great husband, a great friend, a great worker in, in a certain industry. You've got to come with that to the table. And then I think if the mentor is like prideful, like, yeah, I'm kind of the man and, you know, you can really learn a lot from me. And th- that's not going to be all that helpful. The mentor, I think, needs to come to with a sense of like humility that, man, this is really a privilege. Great. This is an incredible privilege, and I need to use I need to choose my words carefully. Mm. And, it, and if you've been trained at all, like in the counseling field, like I have, you learn quickly that you don't want to make decisions for somebody else. They need to make the decision. No, mm. you can help them see the big picture and give them some ideas and suggestions and maybe your experience. But at the end of the day, that mentor needs to understand that this is their life. They need to decide what they're going to do and what they're not going to do, what they're going to take and receive, and what they're not going to take and receive. So that's really important as far as the roles are concerned. That's good. But like I said to you earlier, I've learned when I, as a role of being the mentor in different situations, I learned a ton. But you've got to have a, a sense that you're still a learner. Mm-hmm. So I think that that applies to both of them, this just humble this learner's mentality that, man, that's that's it. And then also I would say that if this is more like an official mentor-mentee relationship that's that you've invited somebody into your life, that it should be the mentee is the one that normally takes the initiative. Okay, that's what I was going to ask because I remember right. you saying that to me, which changed our right. relationship a bit too, which is good. Now, uh, there have been times when I've offered out to people to say, hey, listen, and not me maybe – particularly, I've said, hey, if you need a mentor in your life, I'm sure we can find somebody for you. Sure. Yep. Yep. But typically, the way this works best is when the mentee recognizes Mm -hmm. that they need this, and then they take the initiative, Mm -hmm. and they pursue it. And so they start looking hard, and and they should really do uh, their due diligence. They should really research it and make sure that they're aligning themselves with someone that is going to be a good fit for them and that they can feel like they have really confidence and that comes you know hand in hand with humility is trust so you've got to be able to trust yeah if you're the mentee this person that you're going to meet with on a regular basis and you're going to uh, spend a lot of time with this person what you just touched on is my next question and so diving into that a little bit more from the aspect of the mentee of a person who needs a mentor how do they go about finding one? And, and when they find someone, how do they approach the topic? Because I can imagine um, it can be an awkward conversation uh, for some, um, but I don't want to assume everybody's going to have a relationship like I was fortunate to have with you before we had this official mentor-mentee relationship. I knew you as 
one of my best friends growing up, his dad, and as a uh, little league baseball coach. So I was, I was fortunate to know you in that circumstance. So coming back to that question of, from the aspect of a person who needs a mentor, how do they go about finding one? And then, and then when they think they've identified someone, how do they approach that topic? You've got to really pay attention and start looking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I did on a couple of different occasions is I started looking around our community to see if there were some men that were doing some things that really got my attention. Like, yeah, they must know something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got into youth ministry, I started hanging around with a, a youth pastor that had been a youth pastor for a long time, and he wasn't a lot older than me. He was maybe three or four years older than me. But I'd listen to him, and I remember thinking, he knows a lot of stuff that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's really working. Whatever he's doing is really working. I can see the response he's getting from people around him. And so I went to him and I said, how, how did you get to this place? And that began, uh, began a brand new journey for me. And he was very humble and, and I pursued it and went after it. And so I'd say, look around in your field. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's someone that's not even in your field. You might say that, you know, I'm more interested in just growing my character in who I am as a business person or whatever field it is, as a pastor or as a doctor or whatever it may be. And I've noticed some people through the, you know, I've worked my network Mm -hmm. and I've known some people and then I've asked other people about those people and you listen to what they say about that person Mm -hmm. and you zero in on it. And I don't, I don't know that there's anything uh, really special or magical about it. I think you, 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 Connect with that person. You take them out for lunch and make sure you pay and say, listen, you know, I've been watching you. Would you consider, I know you're a really busy person. I can see that, that your schedule's full. But would you consider spending some time with me? Because I'd like to really grow in a couple areas of my life and maybe even describe those. And if this person is who you think they are, they'll probably find a way to fit you into their schedule. That's good. So, I don't think it needs to be all that uncomfortable. Basically, you're saying is, like I said earlier, is, man, I, I, I look at what you're doing, and I'd like to know how that works. How, how did you get to this place? And I think what you're going to find is they'll start talking about somebody that mentored them. That's good. And poured into their life. Usually that's what comes up, is they'll say, yeah, when I was, you know, whatever, I came across this guy, and, and, and boy, they were a big help to me. So that is uh, one thing that stands out is don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink right. it, you know, right. but, but pay attention. You can't, you're not going to just drift into finding that person. Pay attention, look around, and then don't overcomplicate it when you broach the topic. Um, one thing I don't want to glaze over that I didn't have in my notes, but I want to I speak specifically to it uh, versus assuming, um, would you recommend uh, guys with guys and gals with gals when it comes to a mentor-mentee relationship, or how, how do you view that? Well, I do. Okay. I do. I, I have strong feelings about that. I think that's really important. I'm not sure that everybody would agree on that. But I just think it's a really important way to approach it. We are wired differently. I've been around some incredible women, a lot of incredible women that just have amazed me. Mm-hmm. But I think in this, if you're going to spend uh, a fair amount of time with that person, that that would really be important. It's good. I I assume so because I've known you for a long time, but for people listening in, I want to I don't want to have that go without being said. So if we're flipping that coin over on the other side of that, how does someone know when they're ready to be an effective mentor? 
This probably doesn't come like automatic. I don't think it's something where all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm a mentor. No, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, today is the day. <laughs> I, I think it's a gradual kind of thing. And for me, what happened was I got into a position for the first time in my life where I had quite a few young adults starting to show up uh, under my direction. Mm. And I realized that a lot of them really needed some guidance and needed some mentoring. And so it was a natural kind of thing for me. I was in my mid-40s. I was still in a mentoring relationship as a mentee. And matter of fact, just about, I don't know, six months ago, there's a there's a man that I've gotten to know who's in his 80s. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if he would consider meeting with me once a month or so, and he agreed really? to. I saw him. He's been retired, technically retired, mm-hmm. for probably over 20 years, probably trying to think when he retired probably close to 25 years this guy is just so dynamic he is all over the place doing incredible things Mm -hmm. and so for him retirement was a transition yes he likes to play golf once in a while but he now is pouring into all kinds of organizations nonprofits, and people and so I saw that, and I saw how much fun he was having. And, I, and as I get into those later years of my life, I thought, same thing. I think he knows something that I don't know yeah. from his experience. And so I've, I've tapped into him. So getting back to your question, it's a natural kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and probably when it starts is when somebody comes to you and says, hey, would you mind you know, meeting with me? Or mm-hmm. can, I, can I kind of pick your brain on a few things? Mm-hmm. Do you have time to talk to me about this? So it's it's more of a natural thing. It's not like you throw a switch and now you're a mentor. That's good. You slide into it. What are the what are the, some of the prerequisites? Might be a little strong, but um, inner life of a mentor. What are are there some things that stand out to you of like principles or disciplines that uh, of effective mentors? Like like a great coach has this kind of thing about them. Um, are there things like that when it comes to effective mentors? Well, I think so. I yeah. think that for me personally, I can't imagine you asking someone to be your mentor if you don't really trust them completely. Yeah, I know we're not we're, we're all not perfect. I understand that, and they they might do something that disappoints you, but overall, you you trust them. I heard a great quote the other day, and I've been really thinking a lot about it. And the guy was saying that as you grow, that your inner life needs to become greater than your outer life. We have a tendency, especially people who are gifted, Hmm. that they can go out and do a lot of great things and build this network, kind of like their own little kingdom. But if their inner life doesn't keep up with it, then at some point they crash. And we see this all the time where we see people rise up in privilege, in power, in authority, and they've not made themselves accountable. They've not really focused on their inner life, being people that are trustworthy, being people that are faithful, being people high character, people that don't compromise, all those kinds of things. And then pretty soon, they're going off the rails. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think when you, when you find a person, you, that's going to be a top priority. 
is you have to look at them and you're going to like like we talked earlier if you're doing your your research yeah and you're asking people how they view that person you might hear stuff like uh well whatever that person says you can count on it they keep their promises when they say they're going to do something they do it when they say they're going to be there they're going to be there unless there's some kind of exceptional circumstance they're trustworthy is what that person is saying so to mm-hmm. me trust is a huge one i want someone that is trustworthy yep and that's an internal thing uh, my dad w- was a man of great character and he would never brag about that and he would be embarrassed if he heard me telling the story but i was in the marketplace for about 10 years in the produce business locally here in racine county and i was only oh, probably 23, 24 years old when I started. And I had to go meet with these farmers all around the county. And when they first saw me coming to them, and, and they, we were buying cabbage from them at the time, they would they were suspicious of me first. Who's this young guy? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where's the boss at? You know, how can we send in you out here? Sure. It'd be interesting. But I was, I was at least wise enough that I knew that I had to build a relationship that I knew that I wasn't going to be accepted automatically. Yeah. Until they found out that Red Nelson was my dad, mm. and suddenly when they when I talk about my experience growing, and well, who's your dad? Red Nelson. All of a sudden, I was in. I mean, I was in with all these guys. I'm like 23, 24. These these are are seasoned businessmen, farmers that are in their mid to late 40s and 50s, in some cases 60s, and I was a new kid. But that like that, my dad's reputation. Went before you. Went before me, and it just made it so easy. Now, after that happened, now the ball was in my court. Yeah. They, the, My dad's mm-hmm. reputation put me in a different place in my relationship with them, but now I had to follow through on that and be that person. You want to be a mentor that's going to be that person. Mm-hmm. And it should be like if somebody finds out that such and such is your mentor, they might go like, whoa, wow, that's fantastic, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So reputation is big in yeah. this. I, I'm i gl- really glad you told us. I hadn't heard that story before. I'm really glad you told the story because I have um, experienced as we've more formalized over the last you know year, two years, whatever, of the mentor-mentee relationship kind of a thing. When I mention that to people, uh, your name in this local community goes a, a long way. People know you. And so when I mention that, it does. It does speak um, to your reputation. But you you just told a story of how now I'm a reflection to a certain degree on you. So now I've mentioned your name. So now it helps me to step my game up as well. Your inner life needs to match your outer life. So the person that people see in public needs to be the person that your family sees. That fun, generous, thoughtful, listen first, talk later, polite, respectful person. We began this little part of the podcast with the internal, the importance of the internal. And to me, that's what a mentor will help you with, is developing and cultivating that internal part of your life so that you can be that, that guy that people can really trust. Because at the end of the day, and I was in business, like I told you, for about 10 years, people were buying from me, quite honestly, because they trusted me. And if they didn't, they wouldn't have given me that order. 
And so I, I learned that early on in my 20s that, hey, this takes more time. And, and this is another point. There are no shortcuts. There's just no shortcuts to this. You don't just suddenly become that person. That's why having a mentor is so important because there's a process mm-hmm. that you're involved in to becoming the person that can really be a person that is this man or woman that can make a difference in their world. I would love for you to talk a bit about what the conversations, again, this is a little more zooming in, but what the conversations could or should look like, uh, what you'd suggest uh, for cadence to be for the meetings. Is there a rhythm that you found over the years of groups that you've been in that's worked, that's not worked, is it dependent on the situation? You know, speak to that a little bit. Yeah, it seems like everything is different for different people. Monthly meeting, if that's what you're talking about, cadence, how yeah. often do you meet? Twice a month, I don't think would be too much. Every week might be over the top. Uh, depends on how often you see that person and what the setting is like. What you talk about, I think it's really important if you're the mentor that you ask good questions and find out what's really important to the person that you're mentoring. So if I'm the mentee, I'm going to be sharing, you know, with my mentor, this older guy that I'm working with, kind of like why I even want to meet with you. This mm-hmm. is what this is what I see in you. I kind of want to understand this and and what motivates you and how did you get to this place. And so, I wouldn't be afraid to tell a mentee to just go ahead and share your heart and where you're at and why you'd even want to do this. So I think that will set the stage, and then you might find something that you can use, uh, almost like curriculum. Mm-hmm a book that you both like, or maybe the mentor has got an idea, you know, he's got maybe more experience in reading different kinds of books that, that would be helpful. So, well, why don't we do this? And yeah. knowing that at any meeting, you might need to go in a different direction. Maybe something has happened in that person's life that you need to talk about. But mm-hmm. I think it's helpful to have a track to run on. And that can often dictate kind of where you're going with things too. And I think it, it has to do with like, what are you trying to accomplish coming back to that? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's technical competence in an area that you're trying to learn. And so you're asking this person to kind of really help you with that. And so you're more focused on that. So then there might be something in particular that you need to look at together. I'm coaching freshman football. And it's interesting because the other coaches are either about the age of my sons or younger. So here I am, old enough to be the dad of almost everybody on this football Mm -hmm. staff. Now, when it comes to technical competence, I've been away from football for a long time. And so I had a significant learning curve in front of me when it comes to the X's and O's. And I was really depending on them to teach me some of the new ways of, of the X's and O's and doing different things. And there's been a lot of things have changed since I played football a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So, I'm expecting them to help me with that. But here I am, though, coming in as an older person, and they're looking at me and saying, okay, so I want to learn, like, how to coach better. Mm -hmm. Not just from a technical perspective, but how do we motivate our players? How do we we get our players to a new place? How should we even look at this? And what I've introduced where I coach football is, hey, let's make winning the byproduct – of great character. Let's make sure that this football program, the number one focus, the cake, if you will, is building great leaders with great character. And then 
whatever success we have in the field will be icing on the cake. And then because of that, when these young men, this is football, leave our program, they can take that for the rest of their life. So this is a huge win, not only for the program, but for them for the rest of their life. And so a lot of it has to do with how you approach it will set kind of what you're going to focus on at that time. And so I think you got to be flexible and open to that. That's good. So the, I I love um, the real-life scenarios that you're currently still in. I Not to come back and stay there for a, a while, but I do want to say um, how awesome I think it is that you have a mentor in your life that you've reached out to. So it's like it feels like it's this ever-present thing no matter what stage of life that you're in. There's always something more to be learned. There's always somebody else that's further ahead. Who, and you've touched on it, but if there's anything else to add here, who has been a mentor to you over the years? I know you mentioned your dad uh, and this gentleman that you just spoke about. Uh, and what impact did that mentor have on your life, the, re- the mentor relationships have on your life? And maybe I'll expand on that question a little bit more. Um, what impact have the, has the mentor-mentee relationship had on your life, even as a mentor itself, you know, unexpected outcomes, things like that? Well, there's always a lot you can learn from whoever you're in a relationship with. And I've got a couple of mentors that I've never met. I know that sounds funny. Uh, one uh, passed away in 1917, so obviously I didn't meet him. I know yeah. I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, his name was Andrew Murray, and he wrote 200 little devotional books. Okay. And I can't begin to tell you the impact that that has had on my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just incredible impact on my life. And then um, Henry Blackaby had a huge impact on my life. And, and we've never met. Never met, never talked on the phone. But he wrote a book that had a huge impact on my, on my life and sh- helped to shape how I look at ministry when I went into the ministry. So there's that part. Yeah. Some people that you've never met, and actually I view them as they've mentored me even though they didn't realize it. But then, you know, my dad, obviously, and, and then when I got in the ministry, I had a pastor that really poured into my life, and I learned a ton from him. And it wasn't like an official mentoring relationship per se, but because of I was reporting to him, mm-hmm. I was under his care, it just naturally happened, yeah. and I learned so much. So I feel very fortunate for that. Then after uh, the pastor had moved away, I at that point I actually went out and pursued a mentor. And he just passed away a few weeks ago. His name was Jerry Worsham, extremely well known yeah. and well loved yeah. pastor in this community. And I went to him uh, at that point and said, Hey, would you consider meeting with me once in a while? Because I, I need to learn from you. And he was great, and he helped me a ton when I made the transition from the church ministry into Youth for Christ. He was a key ingredient in that in that process. So, those were those were three men that were just it was so valuable, yeah, so valuable all along the way. You know, my dad showed me basically how to be a man, mm-hmm. how to be responsible, how to be a servant leader. He modeled that for me, and then I had a couple pastors come along and show me how to how to be a pastor what that looks like, how to be a leader mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a nonprofit ministry setting. And then, like I said, I've gone a pretty long time without maybe what you'd call an official mentor in my life until mm-hmm. just recently. I thought, you know what, I'm going to talk to this gentleman and see if he would consider that, and he did. That's so good. here I am again. You can learn a lot from your mentees just from the experience. You learn a lot about yourself. 
as you are doing mentoring. Mm-hmm. I think you can learn how to be a better listener. Uh, there are, are there will be undoubtedly things that that the mentee can do. They can do better than you, and so you can learn about that. So it, it's a great relationship. It truly is a win-win kind of a situation. So everybody involved seems to get yeah. sharpened if you know if they're paying attention. I know you keep saying that, but it's it bears repeating. You know, paying attention and uh, and listening to to what's happening that everybody involved can benefit. It's not just one sided. So what resources, as we transition kind of into the uh, last couple questions of the interview, what resources would you suggest for people listening to the conversation if there are some specific resources that you've worked through? Well, I know for a lot of people, they struggle with how they manage your time. So I would say Stephen Covey's Seven Habits book and then his First Things First book would be huge. I read both of them. I spent a lot of time working on them personally. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching those base principles for a long time to people, my staff, and I was a director at Youth for Christ. And then I've even put it in a package where I teach freshman student athletes about those habits. So those are, that's a great resource. Canoeing the Mountain is a great resource. I know yeah, I love it. Yeah. You, you went through that and you've had the author you know, on mm-hmm. this podcast. That's a great resource. Uh, Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby. Is that the book that you referenced before? Yeah, that that's fantastic. Okay. Actually, his book, Experiencing God, was the one I was thinking okay. about when I was talking about him being yep. my mentor. But then he followed up and wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you're a follower of Christ and you want to really understand what it means to be a spiritual leader, I would highly recommend that. I'm sure there's other technical books out there that can help you. I think you do the same thing. You do your research. Good. And maybe you, if you're the mentee, you, you suggest to the mentor, hey, w- could we go through this book? I've heard a lot of good things about this. Or maybe what you say is, what do you think about that? And mm-hmm. if I'm not familiar with it, and I was a mentor, I'd say, well, let me look into it, and I'll get back to you. And then even through that process, you, as, a, as a mentor, you might say, well, you know what? That's really good, but I think there's something a, a little different about another resource I know about that could be helpful. So th- there's tons of stuff out there. That's I think good. if you just go online, you can find all kinds of resources. But once again, you're going to want to check them out. One thing that um, that I'll say before we move on to the next question is uh, currently John and I are going through a book together and uh, he suggested it. Of course, I'm listening as he says, let's go through this. To get, what do you think? Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. But we, uh, from a cadence standpoint, we we only cover one chapter per month. So it's not like uh, this huge undertaking uh, everybody's busy. You know, I've got four little kids. Everybody's got stuff, but it doesn't have to be super burdensome. Just wanted to put that in there as an, as a, a real life example of you can pace yourself. And if it's a long-term mentor mentee relationship, who cares if it takes you a year to go through a book? It doesn't, doesn't matter. Actually, Steve, that'll be a lot better that you, that you slow down because you can read it too fast. Yeah. Definitely go too fast. Now, is it possible to go too slow? Sure. It's possible to go too sure. slow, but is it likely? Mm, probably not. Yeah. It's good to take things at a slower pace. Like I said, there are no shortcuts in growing into reaching your potential of who God created you to be. So you're going to want to take your time and really process it and getting it from your head into your heart. The next question that I have, Patrick sent out a video to the company, and this is where it comes from. Patrick sent out a video to CCB, our company, asking what word people would use to describe us. So, hey, what word do you think people would use to describe you? And then I think he threw in there, 
Um, you know, what word do you want people to, to describe you with or phrase? Um, it was a difficult question for me to answer. I'm still actually working through it. I actually asked my wife uh, as we were driving somewhere <laughs> and she said, we're going to the grocery store and you're going to ask me something like that. I don't, I can't answer that right now. So it's a heavy, heavy question. So I'd like to hear your answer to this. So what, what word or phrase would you want people to use to describe you? Or what do you think uh, people would use to describe you, John? Well, I'm not sure what they would use, but I certainly would hope that a word that would come up would be trustworthy. Hmm. Over the years, I've worked a number of times with younger men who have only been married for a few years. And usually at some point I say to them, here's your assignment. When you go home this evening, ask your wife this question. Does she trust you 100% of the time? And if she starts her answer with, well, that usually means that she doesn't. And it might be simple things. It might be little things. And then you can respond, well, help me, dear, to understand what areas do I need to work on because I want to be that person that you can trust. Yeah. That's, a, that's a top priority for me. You know, in the Canoeing the Mountain book, he calls it relational congruence, mm-hmm. that people know what they get from you, that you're the same person. Now, obviously, if it's, if it's a bad thing, that's not good, but they need to know that they can count on you. The, the other word that had come into my mind was I'd hope people would say and look at me and say, he was faithful. He stuck with it completed the assignment, and at the end, he, he did exactly what God called him to do. Not perfectly, but day in and day out, he was faithful. Learned that from my dad. I'd say those two words. That's good. That's really, really good. Um, thanks for that. Well, I love that you, you just, you can stop, you can push the clutch in and coast. You're not that guy. And um, you're not that guy when it comes to mentoring people when coaching people, being coached, and going after it, you know. Uh, so I love that. Um, anything else uh, that, that I forgot about that we should wrap up the episode with? I just encourage people that if you don't have a mentor in your life, to start the process. Because it might take you a, a while to find that person. Hmm. Don't be in a hurry. The important thing is that you do find that person. And you bring them into their life, and you let them speak wisdom, and truth into into your life and then show you what it looks like. So let me encourage you to find that person. It'll pay off huge dividends. And then probably at some point, someone, some young person is going to come to you and say, hey, Steve, can you spend a few minutes with me every month? I, I've been watching you for a while and I'd like to get to know you and see what makes you tick and, you know, see what can I can do different to be that guy. That's good. Well, Let's end it there. I'm so glad we got to do this. And uh, I'm excited for the third time that I'll have you back. Maybe not a year and a half, maybe a little bit shorter time. But thanks again, John. My pleasure. All right, takeaway and action item. And as usual, I have multiple takeaways and multiple action items, but three takeaways specifically and two action items. So takeaways, there's no replacement for the learning relationship of mentor and mentee. It's time well spent. That's number one. Number two, you're never too far along to have a mentor, just like John talked about. He's got a mentor now, and he's 68 years old. Number three, a mentor should not convince a mentee. The onus is on the mentee, so pursue this relationship. Those of you that need mentors, pursue it. Action items. Number one, pay attention. Don't overthink your approach. 
and go get a mentor. Number two, be open to mentoring somebody. If you're on that other side of life and experience, you've got something to offer, offer it. Be open to mentoring someone else. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. To get more content, go to ccbtechnology.com slash podcast. And as always, from all of us here at CCB, thank you for listening.